Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Let's get ready to rumble. Is that, is that any better than? That's the best you could do. Well, I could have done you it. You got to get like in the guy. The Let's at least get ready yeah. to. There you go. At least try to say it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You got to uh, really rumble it though. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know how bad it's going to be in the mic, so <laughs> I don't want to try. <laughs> in this corner, we have uh, Pastor, right. Pastor David. In this corner, we have Pastor Jeff. I'm going to referee this battle. Here we are. Cage match. Woo! <laughs> yeah, so this could be a good Isn't morning the right here. the cage over there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cage is right, right in there. Uh, Mr. Chad, Pastor Chad, is uh, in a some kind of a work meeting today, and so... Yeah, he has a real he, he job. Couldn't, he couldn't make it, so I'm I'm <laughs> sitting in his spot today. Citing the fate of history. And we don't have yeah. a real job, but Chad does. <laughs> so thanks for coming in, Jeff. Yeah, Appreciate thanks for having it. me. Yep. Yeah. Always enjoy it. Yeah, we can always count on you. Call you last minute and bug in. That's right. You're always like, let's go. So <laughs> although he this, doesn't even care what we're talking about. That's right. <laughs> although this topic today is a, a bit of a a hot potato. Yeah, but I we got say. him to we got him to agree to come on before he knew what the topic right, was. Right, that's true. So that once smart. we locked him in, it was like, oh, by the way, here's here's what we're talking about. Yep, that was smart. I yeah. noticed you sent that like seconds after I said yes. So me and literally, <laughs> when I got off the phone with you, me and Brent were here in the office together, and we literally decided right then. And then I, he's like, "What are you doing?" Because I went quiet for like two minutes, and I'm like, "I'm writing the questions." So we literally <laughs> did. like did it all right then. It's true, true, true yeah, story. Okay. Yeah, it works. Okay, good. Anything uh, going on in, with either of you that we need to talk about? Or? Jeff's had a tough week, but we're not going to talk about that. That's right. Yeah, pray for your pastors would be a yeah. pray for your pastors and all that goes and on their with, families, with that, their families. Yeah. Yep, but yeah, yeah, yep. I'm almost well. I think that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. Uh, I'm you closer. You had it, and then you got rid of it, and then you got it back. Yeah, I got, I got sick with something when we were at the beach. Got sick he, with something for like a week. He went and surfing half. in 30 degree weather and swallowed a bunch okay, of ocean water. I don't know why you're sick, but. <laughs> And it wasn't chocolate, ocean water. It was normal right. ocean water. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I started getting better, and then uh, I got, like, really bad after that. So I think I got something on top of something. Oh. So it's been, like, four weeks, man. That's I don't know what it feels like to be normal. Chad had something like he had a sore throat. Yeah, but, but that was it. He never, didn't feel bad other than that. That was it. Um, and then you so, yeah, last week he had three cough drops lined up, and he just worked his way through each one. In a pile. And, yeah. Uh, in order, they were they were lined up nicely, kind of in, in order. CD way, and, yeah. and he just worked through the the, the, cough the different drops. flavors. Yeah, we probably got whatever he had. I don't mm-hmm. know, but yeah, because you got you got it. Yeah, I'm I'm, too. I'm feeling I feel fine now. I just have a little residual gunk. It so. is going around right now. Like there's a lot, yeah. lot of people sick right now. Right. Seems so. like it. Yeah, we were uh, Lapine was down in number on Sunday because mm. people were sick. I heard so. Yeah, yeah, and part of it's just the time of year. Once once March comes around, people are so just depressed from hibernating during winter that they I and think the snow doesn't stop yeah so like, I think uh, mentally like it affects you spiritually come March everyone's just in misery yeah there is Wait a winter t- storm warning again right yeah, now yeah again until like, like Saturday have you, have you looked at it like it, it doesn't look like it's much. contradicting itself yeah. it's saying it's this thing that's going to bring you know 8 to 18 inches and then you actually look at the days and it says like 40% for 2 hours <laughs> and it's like uh, less than 1 inch yeah. like yesterday it was supposed to really rain yeah 
we're probably jinxing it at this point. We're going to get yeah. snow. We, we might be. And they're going to blame us for it. I'm ready but for some spring. Because we have all. that power. In all fairness, when it comes to the changing of from winter to spring, like it can't make up its mind. Like I think it's really hard to yeah. predict what it's going to do. Yep. It's yep. change rapidly. So, Well, yep. we're talking about the weather, so this can't be good. Uh, what do you mean? Must be time to jump jump in. <laughs> it's <laughs> like we're avoiding the conversation <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, this is funny because we had a guy uh, – uh, we were meeting one day and he was through with this idea and we said, well, you should, you should join us for this topic. And he immediately went, Oh no, it's going to be on YouTube. I'm not joining you. And I was thinking, what, what's, you know, does he know something we don't know? And I would say he did. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a fun topic, I guess. Well, I, just I'm kind of Google su- it, Google it. And there's what? 200 and some thousand. I spent the day yesterday, on. like people upset about researching, it. Like um, what people have recently said about it and stuff, and I was blown away by how one-sided it was and how extreme the view is in most Christians toward this topic. So, like negatively. Yes. Yeah. So I, I wasn't like prepared for it. I knew some of that was there. I knew there was like some kickback and um, all that stuff, but I didn't know that it's gone like as viral as it has. So yeah, he. Yeah. He was on to something. But that's why we're talking about this topic today is because this guy actually brought it up and, yeah. and said, like, this is something you could talk about. And then and then said, like, uh, have fun with that. Right. You know? Yeah, he's not here. So, so he's not he's not here. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so, Chad, apparently. Huh? No. <laughs> so purity culture. Purity culture. I brought my bona fide. I was bona fide at one time. You're not purity, supposed to own that anymore. Purity. Uh, so these are uh, – I'll talk about it later, but they are still on, on my shelf. And I will still reference them from time to time. So go ahead and make fun of me. Don't even care. There's two reasons. Whole other two reasons you shouldn't have them. Yeah, but yeah, there's two reasons I shouldn't have those or pay any attention to them. Um, I was I was one of those youth pastors during the mid 2000s. I think it was maybe 2005, 2006, right in there when I actually took this was kind of all the all the rage, even though it came out a little sooner than that, and took the youth group like kids through this. So I'm one of those. I'm one of those guys that probably the book is I helps kissed. create damage. Maybe, so maybe say what the book is for people that. Are uh, yeah. So yeah, you're right. I'm sitting there showing it. So <laughs> I kissed dating goodbye uh, by Joshua Harris, and this was this was a big um, push for purity um, in the church and in our young people back in, like I said, the early 2000s, mid 2000s, mm-hmm. right in there. So um, yeah. So I think I was probably part of the problem, <laughs> um, and I and I don't completely recant and we'll probably get into some of that so anyway what's yeah, pure- probably the same yeah okay yeah. did did were you youth pastoring at that time yeah yep and did you ever go through that uh i read it and oh, okay w- took you know took some of the principles from it and okay. taught from it and different things like that you yeah, know? But yeah that yeah. was i mean true love weights purity yeah, rings, sure. all that that was kind of all the all the rage then yeah you know that was a that was a big push yeah i think it was late 90s early 2000s is when that it was really a culture yeah big culture in the in the church yeah for sure brent did you ever read this book i did not you should have i knew of it and i heard i heard basically the premise of it but i'd never actually read it because i I just thumbed it again i pulled it off the shelf two days ago when i realized we were going to talk about this and kind of started thumbing through it and i I mean, it's pretty good still. That was my, po- my <laughs> it's pretty good still. That was my post youth pastor yeah, era. Right. So. And really, I mean, in, in the book, the focus is is on courtship. Um, it's kind of sort of a different idea of it, dating. It's definitely yeah. a different approach. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, what, what you would call it. Like like questioning more the 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 prepping towards. Yeah. 
the marrying. <laughs> you know, right. like, well, like, why do we do, just a question, like, why do we do the things? Yeah. Things the way that we do it. Is it part of the problem? Um, maybe there's better ways to do it. I mean, it, to me, it was pretty harmless and just kind of wisdom, just good consideration right. for the Christian, in my opinion. I think it holds up. Yeah. Uh, do I agree with everything in it? No, but I think, I think it's like, it holds up pretty good. Yeah. So, um, even though the guy has completely, I guess we should say this now, uh, has completely like recanted, uh, the guy that wrote this is like ashamed of it. Now he puts on seminars and stuff that are actually against it. Um, and he's even deconstructed his Christianity. He's yeah. no longer a believer. So he's and that's why these guys kissed, are like, why do you still have Christianity goodbye. Yeah, he yes. has. He has, has kissed Christianity goodbye. Sorry, I dropped my lid. I'm just going to leave it down there. So, your hat, uh, your yeah, hat? he's kissed Christianity uh, goodbye. But that uh, that's the that's why these guys were asking why this is still on my shelf. And uh, I have a lot of guys that have gone sideways or off the reservation that I still have their works on our shelf because they're they're either good works or they're not good works regardless. Of well, what and it's one of those doing. things too, isn't it? Where I mean, we think about that because we all you know have have had even people in our life where like they wrote a book, we read it, thought it was good, and yep. now have. But yep. because of what they've written that's biblically based, still has the same value. Totally. You know, I don't think you, you just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Totally. I, only, I, only, uh, I only read the dead guys because they can't disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they can't screw nothing up now. <laughs> <laughs> they're locked it's in. Probably why that, right? <laughs> so, I heard somebody say so, that one time. So we thought, should yeah. not read anyone until they're dead. And then we can <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> wait a few months, see what comes out, yeah, yeah. and then go from there. Well, some, there is some truth in that, isn't there? <laughs> a little bit. I it's mean, safe. The Bible, for one. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's purity culture? If you were to define it, give it a face. I, you know, I, I would make a distinction because I think yeah. I think there's a there's purity culture, which was kind of movement that came out of the late '90s, early 2000s, um, and, and it, it definitely has some problems. Um, there's also just the concept of purity, mm-hmm. a biblical concept of purity that is something every Christian should desire, and so. I would just want to say, hey, purity culture might be a thing that has you can you can pick on and you can maybe, you know, shoot some holes in with some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. But the idea of purity is a godly virtue that right. we should love as Christians. Mm-hmm. So, so, so this is this is where it gets hard, even for <clears throat> me to to wrap my my mind around discerning the two, because when I hear purity culture, I'm just thinking of something that is promoted from the biblical doctrine of purity. Now, there were different things that were added, which I guess then becomes the culture, whether it be the rings or mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, but I have a hard time, like, but, separating But purity them. culture did have a – it was a fear-based, shame-based. Guilt. A lot of the stuff that – a guilt-based – it wasn't a gospel-centric kind of a thing. Okay. It, it kind of promised that's, – Maybe that's the part I'm missing. <clears throat> yeah, okay. and I think it promised some things to people that, like, it was formulaic. If you do A, B, and C, God is obligated to do these things. It was yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. – it reminds me a little bit of – I don't know if you guys ever did the Growing Kids God's Way thing. Yeah. Well, of course. It, it was – you know, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of had these problems. So what do we like, call that? Parenting culture? <laughs> I guess so. But, but it, I mean, there was some good stuff in it. But at the end of the day, it, it had this promise of if you do these things, this is mm-hmm. what you're going to get. Yeah. And, and I'm – Still a little bit mad about it. I'd like mm. to find the Ezos and like, be, hey, you know, <laughs> what's up? You know, some of my kids didn't turn out the right, way you yeah, said yeah. they were going to turn out, yeah. and I did your stuff. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of surprises. Yeah, and so that's that. part of it. Yeah, know? and I guess we'll get into it more as far as some of the issues. Sure, but, but I mean, in general, it promoted you know modesty, dating with a purpose, and um, and abstinence. That those mm-hmm. were the things that I would say purity culture kind of championed. Those are good yeah. or bad. And those are all good. Yeah, they're, they're all good. biblical. They're biblical. And really the even. push was it was more the methodology. Waiting, you yeah. know, saving sex until marriage was kind yeah. of the yeah. 
you know, I mean, in, in my mind, at least that seemed like that was kind of the big push. And I think we're be, and we'll talk about that. I think that's where it began to sort of cross the line as it, it started to go into sort of a legalistic perspective. And sure. Don't, you know, as long as you don't do this, then right. everything else is okay. You know? Yeah. And well, we didn't, didn't essentially teach that, but that's, that's yeah. where some of the issues I think became a problem is like, okay, it's very, it became a very legalistic you right. know, sort of perspective on so, purity. Wouldn't you say that's true of any biblical doctrine? We can take any biblical Absolutely. doctrine yeah. and there will be people that take it over a legal, into a legalistic lane, right? Yeah. And so we need to be fighting legalism against legalism, not against biblical doctrine. Right. And I think that's what's bothered me so much about looking into this mm-hmm. is it seems like everyone's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It seems like purity in general and anything the Bible might say about how you should approach purity is now thrown out and it's just traumatized people. Right. And it's like, well, maybe you should be traumatized by it if if it's a biblical doctrine and you're being disobedient to it. Like if you're right. not even trying, you know yeah. what I mean? It, I, I mean, we'll kind of go this direction with it too. But it started to me like crossing lines between the, it being a separate thing, like a biblical doctrine of purity and then purity culture. Mm-hmm. It seems like everything's getting thrown out with a lot of well, these Well, I would say there's you saw two two people that were really upset about it. People that just don't like the biblical principles that are being laid out. Oh. Um, that was one group. And we then don't like had, self-control. But, we but don't then like. you had another group that had been hurt by some of the things that, right. are, that are in this. And, it, and it's a large number of people. I was kind of surprised how much hurt there was. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of it is. I was going to say, what are, what are some of the... I, I did ask a... A, a, a woman last minute if she wanted to come in on this today because I think right. a lot a lot of what I saw most of them are females it seems that have been hurt mm-hmm. coming out of the purity culture it seemed like they it really it really messed or focused primarily and shamed women right. on different levels right. way more than men I think that's part of the biggest complaint mm-hmm. is that men were kind of let that's off the hook and if women just started dressing right and they just right, started right. acting right and they just, then then men men wouldn't be tempted to do mm-hmm. what they're doing which Correct. is completely ridiculous obviously bad yeah that's the that's the frustrating thing is men in the bible are called to Mm self-control and and women are called to modesty and those are both things that are godly and honoring to him right um and yet that's kind of like the bible spells that out but there is some sense in which this um was almost like boys will be boys uh let them do what they're going to do and girls you're responsible if anything bad Mm -hmm. happens to you totally or to these guys it's your fault and And by the way this book did not come out off that way but yeah other stuff that was going on at the time. Yeah. This, this is actually, again, when I finger back through it, it's like, this is actually pretty good, <laughs> like pretty pretty balanced. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get crazy. How did you guys do growing up in regards to purity? Mm. I have nothing to say. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can share as little <laughs> as, much as, you, as want. you want. I mean, I wasn't raised as a, as a Christian. Um, I mean, I was ro- raised Roman Catholic, and I had some, some ideas of – morality and things like that but this wasn't a thing at, at, at the time that I grew up I was almost encouraged um you know almost expected to go out and do as much damage as I could in that regard and so I there was no pressure to for me to well you weren't a Christian be, right you weren't in no. a Christian home you weren't no. so you were just a boy being a boy yes and so I, I this none of this even made sense to me it was like you know there was kind of this idea of conquer as as much you know as you can and and that's the way I thought for most of my you know early adulthood or early, mm-hmm. you know, I became a Christian at 19 and that's when things changed, but, but it really wasn't a thing. And fortunately though, at this time, girls cared about their reputations. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that there aren't girls that do still today, but, but there was a real 
like a girl didn't want to be labeled in, in a bad way at this point. Believer so, or unbeliever. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It was just yeah. there was a stigma attached to you yeah. know somebody like that, and so they they shut things down, mm-hmm. um, which was <laughs> a grace of God to me. And it's like <laughs> you know, I see it now as the kindness of God. At the right. time, it was very frustrating. Yeah. Um, but but now I see. Thank you, Lord, that that wasn't even you know because it, it would have been worse. Yeah. So, yeah. But you so you were not pure. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> as the driven, you were actively impure. As the driven slush, as they say, yeah. No. Jeffy, you grew I, up in a Christian home, right? I did. I grew up in a Christian home. I uh, didn't have sex until I was married. But Are you serious? Yeah, but I didn't. Praise God. But You're, a uni- all I knew, You're a unicorn. Well, but, all I, but that doesn't mean I didn't do things sexually. Agreed. So I think, you know, that the whole idea of, like, sexual intercourse yep. was the, the, the line, sure. right? Right. Sure. Yeah. But it was almost as though, well, anything up to that line then, of course, was permissible. Yeah. And you I could, don't think anybody would say that, but that was kind I can of go the all idea. the way. I can go all the way around the base as long as I don't touch home base. Right. Yeah. Yep. As long as we don't do that, then yep. that's okay. You know, so that's kind of how I lived in most of my relationships. And sure. so because of that, I think, you know, coming in, there is, there is all, you know, we, we all have that different types of baggage that comes with that. But sure. I think part of it was... It was like here's the line, and and wait till marriage. But there was never really a, a talk of, here's why, here's why, here's here's what's so amazing about it that you want to wait till then. Sure. You know, and I and that's part of what I didn't grow up. And I think my you know Carrie and I were just talking about this a little bit this morning. Is the same thing. Is like, we didn't grow up in a in a culture, in a home even, that talked about sexuality in a healthy yeah, way. Yeah, it was taboo, huh? Right. It was like, oh, yep, don't do yeah. it. And, oh, now you're, oh, you're married now. Okay, yeah. now it's okay. Yeah. It's like, well, Yeah, the Christian no feels icky if they even talk about sex, right. you know. Which... And it was and it was almost like it was wrong to talk about sex no, totally. at all. Totally. You know, and so most of us, we didn't have any sort of conversation with our parents about it. Our, typically yeah. what our parents would do is they'd sit us down and let us listen to somebody that would tell us about it. Sure. But we never really had any open dialogue hmm. with them about it. Do you think what you're saying, because I see that to be true. I think, I mean, we all kind of grew up somewhat in the same mm-hmm. time in the church. Um, it was totally the same the same thing with me and, and other people, that, kids that I knew that were growing up in the church. It's like your parents didn't talk about sex. There was never a sermon on sex. Sunday, the Sunday school teachers didn't talk about Like, it was something that was, like, off limits. Like, you didn't talk about. And then I'm thinking about this coming around in the the – the late nineties, early two thousand, like mm-hmm. almost as a, re- even the legalism of it, like, yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about this. We're yep. not just going to talk about this. We're going to like fix some problem as, yep. as a result of previous generations yep. not talking about it. And this. the church, I think the church felt like, and at least totally. where I grew up is in, you know, being a youth pastor, there was a sense where I think I felt like I'm going to do what my parents didn't do, you know, and, and what some, and what most of our parents are not doing in the, you know, Christian homes is sure. talking about sex in a healthy way. Sure. You know, and so we would talk about that in in our in our teaching series and things like that. You know, but we always made sure to let our parents know, hey, you're welcome to come and be a part of this. Yeah. These are conversations you should be having with your kids. But I just think most parents were, frankly, just they were just ill-equipped to do it. Sure. Nobody really or just taught them how to do yeah. it in a healthy way from the scriptures. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, how about let's just unpack the Book of Song of Solomon. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean, there's some of those things you're yeah. like, whoa, we're not going to talk whoa. about that. We're not going to talk about gazelles, bro. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And, and the and the, the gnarly truth is that if if we're not teaching them about it, someone will, and it'll start at the age 10. 
yeah. 11. <laughs> like, yeah. the, like, it will find them. Yeah. And, and someone's got a sermon for them on sex. Well, and so. I think that's, you know, where you find, like, pornography as prevalent as it no is doubt. now. You know, and, and, you know, our first exposure to it. You don't even have to look for it anymore. It no. looks for you. Yeah. So, like, yeah, again, you've got, yeah. it, like, we better jump on this. I mean, you're scrolling through YouTube and you, on the side or, you know, videos. You're like, oh, you know, yep. I mean, it's like, I think it's, it's, it's much more prevalent than it used to be. No doubt. But I think that, I think the challenge with some of that, I think the purity culture, ha- it, it, it's, we've sort of pushed sexuality underground. You know, so yep. pornography becomes more prevalent because, well, I'm not going to talk about it with somebody else, but I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to see these things going on. And so I think when you don't have a, a healthy place where you can talk about sexuality with your parents, yeah. with people that you trust, to be able to ask those questions, have those conversations, even as un- uncomfortable as they are, um, I, I think what it does is sometimes it, it causes you just to become a little more deceptive. I'm sure. just going to hide it. Sure. You know, tell it's really big, and then, well, I probably should tell somebody about that, you know. Sure. But I think it's the legalism part, you know. And I heard, I think it was Michael Brown that I was listening to, and he said legalism is the law without love. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's just this idea that we're going to make you feel guilty or shame yeah. you into doing mm-hmm. the right thing. I mean, because, yeah. right, at the end of the day, it is the right thing. God has called us to pure lives, whether yeah. married or not, you yeah. know. I mean, that right. we're to yeah, live he in said, those, He said rules ways. without redemption. The law without love. There was yeah. a, like a few of them that yep. he said, and it was it was it was pretty strong. It made a lot of sense the yeah. way that he kind of summed it up. Because I think so. that's where the gospel intersects. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, and yeah. we're we're gonna get to that, which which seems to be what was missing in large part from uh, purity culture when it went on, and a lot of people's trauma, quote unquote, as Christians that went through it mm-hmm. and came out of it with some, you know, damaged or whatever you want to call it. It yeah. seemed to be a lack of gospel-centeredness, which you mentioned yeah. earlier, which mm-hmm. seems to be a, 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 an overall problem with yeah. purity culture itself. So having your guys' backgrounds, what you learned, what you experienced there, fast forward, you have kids. What'd you do? How did you, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you, did you um, implement any purity culture-type stuff into your parenting yeah. Did you talk yeah. about these things? Yeah, I would say both of those things. Um, we did purity rings, and, and uh, for the for my daughters and my sons, too. It wasn't just the daughters. I don't know. That was a big knock on it, too. It's like, this is why. How come the sons aren't? Well, we did that with both both yeah. the boys and the right. girls. Yeah, maybe the boys um, should have bigger purity rings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, you know, we it's tried like to talk. a chastity belt. <laughs> yeah. We tried to talk to them about it, you know, pretty openly. Um, but, again, it was – Whatever, I'm glad we talked about it openly, and they seem to have, you know, open conversation with us about these things. Um, but but I know looking back, it was a lot of um, kind of a a promise that if you do this thing, then you're going to have a you know th- then you'll have a good life and a good. So marriage. it's still formulaic. Yeah, which I, I do believe that God honors these things. So it's not like that's completely. They're still His best, right? Sure. For us, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I do believe that there's there's abundant life and following His commands and obey you know being obedient to Him. But I remember kind of setting this up to my kids. It's like, okay, if you do this right, then God will bring you the one. Right. And you will mm-hmm. and you will have you know. And if you don't do it right, right, you know it's all fun and games. And, and so, if you do it right, <laughs> somebody gets an STD. Right. Yeah, so I don't remember. There was always that fear stuff. Yeah, 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 and and the fear and the and the formula, right? Yeah. Like you said about the Ezos earlier, like that that was definitely a part of people's understanding of it. Is if uh, if I save myself to marriage, then then sex will be really good, and right. um, 
and it's maybe not always, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or it's maybe not what you thought it was or, um, right. you know, what, what, what it was hinted at, but, but, but we can still mix that up with it being God's best for us. Right. Right. Mm. Um, like, like the God has given us his best in his commandments and in his, just in his holiness. It's, it's always best for us, whether it meets our expectations or not. He knows better than we do on what's best for us and what isn't best for us. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people are disenchanted and you know bummed out and feel ripped yeah. off. Well, and I've talked to my I've talked to my kids about it. You know, and, and I get different. I get mixed results yeah. um, from them as far as what they remember and, and yeah. what they took from it. And for some, like the modesty, you know, um, oh, being and, and Joy's even like you know hyper extreme with modesty in a good way. <laughs> it's just I love my wife, but it's how she is. Um, and so the girls, you know, have talked about some shame associated with their mm. bodies. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think there's things we absolutely could have done better, but in general, we tried to make much of it as far as, um, this is a gift from God that, mm-hmm. that we, you know, he's, you know, yeah, he's given us and we need to, we need to honor him in, in the way we look at this. So again, so, more, more teaching and more talking rather than changing the truth of a biblical doctrine. It's, yeah. it's unpacking the fullness yeah. of that truth rather than just a partial truth but like everything else i did it was more legalistic and moralistic than it was gospel centric well i think in general i mean your family and mine yeah we were basically joined at the hip when we were raising our kids we we just tended toward the more legalistic side because we we hadn't we we hadn't received a full meal of gospel centrality yet. like we did we didn't understand gospel centeredness and And i would do it different now but it would be it wouldn't be necessarily the information it would be the heart yeah you Mm -hmm. know i guess so yeah well yeah because it i mean the the legalistic part of it is easy yeah. You know what I mean? In that sense of mm-hmm. this is what you don't do. Rules are easy. But I think it's, yeah. you know, for us, we it, it is trying to unpack it more fully, you know, and, and not just talking about the physical act of sex, but also talking about the intimacy that's involved in relationships. And, you know, like for our kids, we we have followed more of the pattern of, you know, so when you're ready to be married, yep. you can start dating or courting. Yep. Until then, you're not prepared for that. Right. Because of some of the challenges that come with that. You so, know? so you went that direction with we like did. like date to marry, yeah. which means that you're only going to start doing that when you're looking to get yeah. married. We did, did, yeah. did you do that too? Yeah, we did that too, but they, you know, there was some stuff that went on behind our back. Yeah, us we too. Didn't, we didn't know about. Do you, would, you guys, <laughs> would you guys do that the same way? I yeah. mean, do you, do, you, do you buy into that idea that like intimacy in any intimate relationship that we're, as Christians, that mm-hmm. we're going to get into should be for life? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I don't like. We don't just try on shoes and. Right. You know, uh, one one see thing what we I, like I do, I, like I, I will say that I, I remember, um, I learned like with one of my kids, especially, she had several different boyfriends, um, and she learned a lot through each one of those boyfriends. Sure. And the first two or three, I didn't like. The one she's with now, I really like. I mean, there was like that process of learning what you liked. Now, it, it, I, I wouldn't say this was courting. Unfortunately, this was um, kind of her doing her own thing at that point. But I, I was like, you find the one and that's where you, you know, you stop. And it was like, but how do you find the one? And, and so I, I would rethink some of that. I still mm-hmm. don't like the idea of some, some weird guy driving up to my house, mm-hmm. picking up my daughter and driving off with her. Yeah. It's like, right. no dude, that's not happening. I mean, yeah. I value my daughter too much for, for that. Cause I know what guys are like. I was a pig and they're mm-hmm. probably a pig. And, and it's like, so that's weird to me, but, but still kind of understanding that, I don't know. 
it's that balance of protecting and pre- preparing. Right? Yeah, it's that's like it. I'm protecting them from yeah. things that I'm because look, I, my frontal lobe is developed, and I can see things that maybe you can't. Yeah, you know, I always joke with my daughters that I believe in arranged marriages. You know, like who better to choose your mate than <laughs> those that have their their frontal lobes develop? You know, but it. But at the end of the day, I think it part of it uh, for us, at least me looking back, I think it would be the the changes I would make would be more of the motive behind it, because sometimes the motive behind it is well, we don't we don't we want to change. We don't want them to have the same experience as we did. You know what I mean? So we don't want to ha- them to have to go through the same things that we do, have some of the same baggage that we do, and so we're trying to help them avoid some of that. But I think the other aspect that we don't always focus as much on is, like, this is this is the it, the reason that you wait for this because of what it is and mm-hmm. how God has designed it. And we just don't talk about that so much. Be, it be, so then I think it becomes more moralistic than it does become gospel-centered, you know. No and my, my wife does a much better job of having those conversations, you know, probably to the point of, you know, nauseam for the kids. But she's just like, I, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it with you. Sure. You know, so that you understand it as best you can. Sure. That this is what God's design is for you, and this is why. For sure. It doesn't mean that you're going to come into to marriage and sex is going to be incredible and all these different things. Right. There are those aspects to it, right. but there's more to it than just the physical act. Sure. And I think Correct. that's where some of the purity culture is is the challenge, is it focuses mainly on, on the physical act. On the physical act. Right. Yeah, overemphasized and, and even and over, over-sexualized. Heart, yeah. You know, it's like, well... Let's, That's good. How does the heart, it, how is the heart of, involved here? For sure. Cause, and I think sometimes it, we have to clarify that even. Because I think when, we, when people talk about, well, well, follow your heart, what are you talking about? What you're talking about, what you're saying is follow your emotions. You mean, you mean the deceitfully wicked one? Right, that one. <laughs> but I think when you think about the heart and how it's de- described in the Bible, yep. it's, it's our soul. It's our, I mean, it's like, the, it's like the central operating system. Yeah, the of innermost part. Yeah, it's ground yeah. zero. Right, but, it's how, but that's that's what I think we at times can lack as parents is cultivating that. Yeah, sure. Well, and that's what I when I think back to you know that sometimes because of the way I set the stage, the first person that came into their life that made them feel special, they thought, okay, this is the one. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know? Right. And so I wish that I would have developed that a little bit more. It's so I, flattering. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges, threats to our young people today, when it comes to purity? <laughs> Like, like it, there is none. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like there is no the the, the stuff like that. When you think about um, what's on TV, what's in the movies, mm-hmm. what's in the songs, I mean, there's literally, and this is what part of the reaction I see to people when when you talk about purity is that they're just like almost like you're stepping on their freedom or something like right. that. There mm-hmm. is literally no line anymore. No, we are inundated with impurity. We are living in the yeah. midst of an impurity culture. And it is celebrated, and so um, that—that's I think it's expected. Part almost. of what I started to see in the responses, there was mm-hmm. a pattern in the responses of people who so negatively speak of the purity culture thing, is they all had something in common: impurity. <laughs> like, right. like almost all of them were impure, and so it's their own guilt and their. Own, there's almost this hyper grace um, side that we've swung to, mm-hmm. even in the church. You know, as we come out of this, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And, and it's this hyper grace thing, which gives us all this anger towards anything that makes us feel like we've done something wrong or crossed a line. Or, right. you know, yeah. it's like, let's kill conviction. And I think that was one of my biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Looking at, looking yeah. at this thing. Because yeah. it's focused on, it's, it's, 
keep on sinning so grace may abound, right? That's like Paul said, no, right. that's not what we do. Right. But and I, God doesn't want me to keep yeah. feeling guilty about this or ashamed about this. He wants me to be free of this and accept yeah. who right. I am, right? So we're going we're gonna to claim gospel. Yeah. Which I'm under, we're, not, under, we're under grace, not the law, you know, and it, it, it comes back to those things. A lot of times it's like what Paul said in Galatians is we don't use our freedom yeah. to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, yeah. I think there's that aspect of helping people understand that there are guidelines that God has given us, yeah. right, for a reason. And, and when we live within those guidelines, there are different blessings that come as a result of that, but it's not A, B, a plus B equals C, Right. I think that's sometimes where the challenge comes, at least for me, is, is thinking, well, if you do this and then this and then this, well, then this is the blessing that's going to come as a result of that. But that's yeah. not going to be the case. I mean, let, no. And, let's, it, go and to, let's talk about Hosea. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like. And that's misleading, too, because I, I think we, it's easy for us to speak in formulas like yeah. we've talked about. It's easy for us to expect a formula, mm-hmm. even out of something biblical. And, um, and it's just simply not at all guaranteed. Uh, no, the, the, the things we, that are there yeah. are there because they're right, yep. regardless of what it ends up looking like. Yeah. <laughs> not not the other way around. You no, because we equate obedience. We equate obedience with blessing. It's a reward. Yeah, yeah. that's the yep. and that. So then that becomes the motive for doing it instead yep. of I love Jesus and I want to follow. Instead what of he this is, is right. Yeah. Well, and even even life giving because I think God, you know, yeah. God is our creator. His, he wants. He set it up to where we can we can do what's best, totally, and we can enjoy life at the fullest, totally. And I know just personally the regret that I have from being promiscuous. Um, you know, you give something away there. You 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 you, you know you go against God's good design. Yep. And and you do pay the consequences mm. for it. So it's not like God is just trying to kill all the fun. Right. Right. Um, he's actually there's kindness in this. There's mm-hmm. protection in it. There's goodness in it. And following His br- blueprint, the way He's designed it to be. It's a great thing, and it works right. well. So. I talked to a guy recently. I think I might have mentioned this to you before. This is a guy in my life that I see regularly. Won't go any farther than that with it. And I've established a relationship with him, and I've been able to um, witness to him. You know, I'm trying to get this dude saved. Like, I want to see this guy meet the Lord. He's about as rank a heathen as, <laughs> as I've ever met in all ways. So him and his wife are swingers, proudly, openly. Um, and sex is basically the church that they go to and the mm. altar that they worship at. Like, just like, that's why you live, you know? Mm. And, um, we had this conversation one day where I was saying like, one of, one of my regrets is that I wish that, that I would have waited for my wife and that, and she wishes the same, that she would have waited for me because it, it does, you bring, you bring baggage and you bring, you bring stuff into what it could have been or or should have been otherwise and he it was the first time he ever like disrespected me he's always really careful because i'm a <laughs> pastor to to like respect me and he he just went off on me he's like that oh, it's the stupidest thing i've ever heard there's no way that you believe that like you're way better because of what you learn and you know getting that experience like you're going to be able to give her way more because of you know and he was like so convinced of this thing mm-hmm. and he was making me feel like like trash man because i i had this conviction that gosh i, I wish i would have I would have done this different, you know what I mean? And he thought it was the dumbest thing he ever heard in his right. life. And I feel like a lot of people are, you know, kind of think that way. Like every wife's dream is that her husband was with 30 totally. women to really hone his craft. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, really, dude? That's, that's, I don't think that they think that way. That's what the, that the argument was. Um, this but, is, but it's, but it's, it's, it is, an, it is how sin sort of warps our thinking. Oh, for right? sure. In general, when you yeah. think about it, how, yeah. how, you know, sometimes how bizarre some of those things seem to us. Yeah. But it's like, 
but it's not bizarre to the world that we live in. Right. Like no. that's just, I, I mean, I think those are some just common things that are, that are some of those threats to our kids that are growing up and, for sure. And in the culture around them that thinks, well, if, if by the time you're married, you haven't slept with somebody, man, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, how are sure. you going to be prepared for this? And, and one of the big things I think we see now, even, even in the church and with Christian couples coming in is, is living together before they're married. Okay. So this is what I was going to go to next. Yeah. Uh, within the question, biggest challenges, threats to our young people today when it comes to purity. Um, one of the things I've noticed is that we get married now later and later. Like it's just, it's just a fact. I think the average now is like 29 years old um, where you've seen it um, climb up to that over the last you know, a few decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's later than we've ever got married on an average. Divorce is still higher, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're going, okay, so that doesn't fix that because that's usually the argument. Oh, we're waiting longer so that our mm-hmm. frontal, frontal lobe will, right. you know, <laughs> develop. And, and it's like, oh, no. And, and, and I think it's because you're giving yourself more time to create sexual baggage, you know, because we're, we're not, it's not that we're not dating. It's not that we're not being right. intimate. That's not why we're waiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so that we can do more of that before we quote unquote settle down, which then is you're you're bringing just so much more into the marriage that's affecting. Well, there's know. this there's this idea people have bought into that that there is the one out there for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, your soulmate exists, and so you need to really go. Jeff over, has the card. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to try to find that person, <laughs> and so you got to try out. You know, you might have to you know go through 20, 30 people before you find that soulmate. Is I think that's the mentality mm-hmm. people have. Um, and, and I don't believe in the idea of a soulmate necessarily. I think God might have somebody that he intends for you, but, but not like there's just one person out there that will right. complete you. I mean, God is the one that completes us as, yeah. as people, not, not an individual other than him. So I think if you have that mindset, then, then the idea that you wait and try to right. find that right person. But it, they would say it's unrealistic at that point to not be pure sexually mm-hmm. while they're trying to figure this out. Right. Um, and I thought Dr. Brown brought up a great point in that thing. You, you I, guys I, watch, I, I think I know where, where, where he said, well, do you think it's, you know, unrealistic to expect mm-hmm. people to be faithful in marriage and, and stay faithful not commit adultery. and not commit adultery? And, and it's the like, guy's like, uh, you got me you there. You got me there. Cause it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, no, we, we expect that. Yep. And yet we think it's like unrealistic to expect that people will be totally. pure as they wait on the other side of marriage. And totally. so like, right. well, no, no, I thought that was a, that was a good little line. Yeah. Well, and you sure. think about, um, uh, was it first, first Corinthians seven or where, Paul talks about that burning desire, yeah. you know, he's like, he's like, you, you, you'd rather get married than burn, you know, it's like that. I mean, so there, there is an aspect, I think, where we, it's, well, that, it's that trying even, to kind of think through some of those things of, and the question even then becomes like, when do you start burning? Mm-hmm. Especially for a guy. <laughs> um, cause, cause I'm, I'm actually a proponent. Like I, I don't, I don't think <laughs> you, you should just say that. <laughs> I don't think you should only, I don't think you should only get married young or old. I'm not, so legalistic to say it's one or the other, but I, I do tend, I, I'm a major proponent of younger marriages. Um, and I think it's what we see back even in ancient Jewish culture. And sure. all that. I think it's for a reason. Um, when you start having these feelings and these desires and, and couple that with what Paul says, like, this is a serious deal. You should go ahead and get married, <laughs> you know, right. to, so that you don't fall into this. I, I, th- I think that that does kind of push in a way um, younger marriage. Yeah. I think the challenge sometimes also becomes this idea, and I've thought about this a number of times because, you know, just in doing premarital counseling and, you know, um, weddings and things like that for people is, you know, always, you always run into people that they've been living together or they think that there's no issues with that, you know, and you're calling them to a higher standard of that. But 
I've always kind of wrestled with the idea, well, then you, sh- you should just get married. Hmm. And that, that solves the issue. Right. Right? It's like, right. yeah, I don't think that's solving the issue. I think we have to be able to, to to take a step back a little bit further and say, God has a better plan for you, and this is what it is. Mm-hmm. So bringing yourself into submission to God's Word is really the idea behind it, mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, let's just, I, I got my book, you know, we can get a marriage license and do it today. You know, right. all of a sudden that just solves the issue. Sure. But I, I think, I, I again, kinda, it comes back to the heart, I think. In yeah, I think ways. those have been case-by-case case things for us. Um, we've, we've had some people that they've been, you know, together for 10 years, living together, and it's like, okay, the right thing to do is let's do the marriage counseling quickly and get you married. Um, there's been other people where they're younger. Um, it's like, stop living together or I won't marry you. I, mean, right. I just told them that. Case-by-case, case, yep. I just, it depends on the circumstance, yeah. but um, but I agree. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily solve something. Yeah. And premarital counseling usually brings out a lot of stuff that, you know, maybe they shouldn't get married at all at that point. Right. You, you kind of learn that as you go. But, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, there's not one one size fits all for some of that. No. But, but I think, you know, we have unique roles in our positions as, as you know, husbands and fathers and in helping our kids to grow up in this culture, you know, and trying to help them wrestle with it from just a, a physical, a pragmatic perspective, a spiritual perspective, like what does God's word tell us and why we – we're looking towards that. But I think it's also the dual role of then as a pastor is, okay, what does God's word tell us about sexuality? And I think we, I, in some ways I feel like we've sort of been forced into the spotlight in some ways because of the, the culture that's, that's talking about sexuality way more than the church is, mm. right? And, and yet we, we, when we should have been doing this from the beginning in a, in a more gospel-centered way, I think, is, is what it comes down to and learning from those things. Because I would agree. I think there are some things that I would take away from that, the, that book and say, yeah, I, I think God's Word speaks specifically to those things. Yeah. But I think, it, like you said, with anything, you can, you can just take it and run with it to the, to the, the, the legalistic point of it and guilt. For sure. You know? For sure. But I think sometimes it's how we respond when people fail sexually. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, sex, you know, before they're married or it's uh, adultery or it's, also, it, it's how do we respond to those things? I think that is critical as well. I think maybe a lot of the confusion, the more that I thought about this is um, the, the churches, um, the way they drop the ball with with law and gospel and when to administer law and gospel when it comes to mm-hmm. purity and when it comes to failure in purity and when it comes to sexual issues. Um, to me, that's really what it all boils down to. Is like there's a time when, when somebody has failed, <laughs> and they're um, they're bothered by the fact that they've failed. That person needs gospel. Mm-hmm. Then there's people running around with this. I don't don't make me feel guilty over something like this. Don't don't you know draw parameters around me. Those, yeah. Like and they're and they're just living freely and openly. And it's like they need law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so a lot of it yeah. is is just when we're administering what to whom at what time and yeah. i and i think that's that's maybe where a lot of this went wrong is we we weren't even considering a law gospel nuance mm-hmm. during purity culture maybe the height that yeah the, the, the glory days or whatever you want to call it it was just this thing that was a formula yeah. that didn't speak to everybody what they needed to hear when they needed to hear it right so um i think that's what a lot so having said that what, what if there are any what are some of the pros to purity culture i mean you is there anything to keep Clearly has a, a high view of marriage. Um, holiness. Yeah, holiness. A high view of marriage. It honors God. Um, and it cuts down on a lot of the, a lot of the reason that the, the movement began was because teen pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases and abortion and these things were, were, 
were ramping up and it actually did impact they can't necessarily point to that sure. as the reason that it changed but but for a, for a while it did change sure um, but these are all christian you know promiscuity is not something that honors god you know it never never has been never will be right, and right. so like the the heart behind it was was godly and yes. good i yeah. would say yeah what yeah. do you think jeffy i think i i would agree i think it's it's again it's I think, you know, when we first started talking about it is, you know, just the idea of that the idea of purity in our lives in, in all areas, you know, and, and I think especially, you know, sexually, I think especially as men, because I mean, that's how God has wired us in different ways, you know, but I think having that sort of seeking purity in our minds, mm-hmm. you know, when, mm-hmm. when Paul talks about whatever is pure, whatever, these are the things that we want to be thinking about, sure. you know, it, it's helping, I think it's helping to create a mindset. I think it, I think it's, it's helping just to focus on what God has called us to in his word in, in lots of different areas. Sure. And I think that's, that's the beauty of the purity culture, mm-hmm. you know, but I also think again, like we've talked about, it can, it can go sideways if we allow it to. Sure. But it, and again, we can do that with, with any doctrine. Right. I think I said that earlier. We can take anything, and um, it's one thing to know what the Bible says. It's another thing to actually, um, you know, nuance it and discern how it should be, you know, administered yeah. and taught, um, especially in light of the gospel. Right. With, with that being an, an unshakable foundation under every doctrine that mm-hmm. we have, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of ground zero. So, um Cons? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, so I saw this thing. I know on, we've uh, already said it. I was gonna well, skip it. I saw. Yeah. I saw this on on Desiring God, and I thought it was good. There was uh, they had three lies that basically uh, came out of the purity culture, and the first one was that sexual purity guarantees a happy marriage. Yep. The second lie was virginity is what makes somebody desirable, and the third lie was girls are why men sin, or or that it's the yeah. girl's fault. And, and I think that's why you get the, the those kind of. I think encapsulate the kickback that you get from Christians sure. who, who see it as a good thing, but saw where it went wrong. And especially in, you know, if there's any woman out there that was ever abused or, mm. um, you know, objectified in a, in a gross way by a man and, and, and they were told that it was their fault, um, that there's something, and again, there's immodest women out there. I know that there's, there's, a, there can be a problem oh, yeah. with this, but I, I think this is where a lot of people that where so much of the hurt comes from is you've got these Christian women that were trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. and trying to live in a way that honored God and, and they were treated poorly. Sure. And then the, the, you know, the men weren't to blame. They were to blame. And it's like, yeah. that's when we stand before God, there is no, the devil made me do it. That woman made me do it. The way she dressed <laughs> made me do it. That ain't happening. Yeah. yeah. We're responsible for the way we act yeah. and men are called to be self-controlled in this regard and so you know if that's what's happening i see why people are so upset to me that's the biggest problem that i saw like out of all the things that i heard um that that one's that's actually valid there was a there was a uh a continuous theme of the woman is really the problem and uh so you you need to take you need to get your stuff together on in all these ways so that nothing bad happens yeah Yeah. Um, and it let let men off the hook it, it really let yeah Men off the hook. And then I think it's interesting because as you guys are saying that, I'm thinking it let men off the hook, but then how how the big rise of promise keepers in later on past all of that sure. was part of the reason. It's like men are not living how God has called them to be living, right. and we're calling them to a greater standard. And now we're saying, look, it doesn't matter how a woman is dressing. You have a responsibility for sure to to live this way and have purity in your thoughts and your and 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 be walking down that road, living out what God has called you to yeah. live. But 
so much of the focus was on, well, if the yeah. women just did this, then. For sure. And then guys are like, oh, yeah, that's true. I like well, what Michael Brown said is he was just like, we need to be talking to both. Like, if I'm pastoring, yeah. I like, uh, there's things I need to be dressing the men on. And he even said even harder. And I think that we take that mm-hmm. approach. We've, we're a little harder on men around here than we are around women because yeah. we are one and we, we know they're gross. <laughs> Uh, but, but, but there's things the Bible says to women on these things too, right? Like, right. like a shepherd should be shepherding them both and just saying simply what God says to mm-hmm. each of them about their responsibilities. And, yeah. And well, these. even like, I didn't realize that this was, a, you know, I've always felt like we have kind of done this equally. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was unbalanced. Sure. But, but the example that was given in this, this, you know, Facebook post that went viral by that pastor in yeah. Coast Falls, Idaho of all places was that he was apologizing for making girls yep. at youth camp wear, wear one, one singles pieces or yeah. cover up. And it's like, I still don't understand why that's a bad thing. It, it, totally. <laughs> you know, no, totally. no, I mean, I, I, when I think of my daughters. No, he actually said farther down, like, you know what? For, I'm sorry about that. Go, go get whatever bathing suit you want. And, right. and enjoy yourself. And yeah. it's like, whoa, dude, like, what are we doing yeah. right now? Yeah. Well, well I and just, then he, Michael Brown kept going with that, right? As yeah. He took it out. Well, we don't show up to church in our underwear. No, and I just couldn't help but think of my own daughters. <laughs> okay, bring a thong, you know? <laughs> I tried to instill in my daughters the value they had before God, um, you know, and and I don't want pigs, men, pigs, looking at my daughters mm-hmm. inappropriately. Sure. And so whatever they can do to try to, you know, dissuade that is to me is still wise i don't that's understand why that's piece, right? yeah i don't i mean i i don't regret that i don't and know. you you also at the same time don't want your daughter to to look unattractive and, no, and what no. unattractive means is I, I don't mean like with how much skin shows but like the attitude of yeah. trying to show yourself off mm-hmm. is unattractive i mean the bible talks about that with women like let your adorning be on the inside not on the outside like and so when you see women that are clearly trying to billboard it or be a, a sign, right. that, that's ugly. Well, you that's don't want to see your daughter that. was that. the funny thing right. in this is I think about the way advertisers, they know what sells to men. No, yeah. totally. You know, could, and it, so this isn't like a mystery. Yeah. You know, if a woman wants to get a guy's attention, and I think we live <coughs> in, a, in a society right now where I just saw, you know, I won't even go into detail, but these very little girls, I don't think they were maybe 10, wearing makeup and fake eyelashes and, and, and clothes that were, yeah, I'm like, crazy. you're 10. Yep. Right. But there's this pressure now to... To yep. get attention and to be liked Beauty and be thought well of and, and all that stuff. And it's such a sad thing to see, man. Let kids yeah. be kids. Um, so I, I think we, I can see where it can go too far. Sure. But there's also like, there's just some mm-hmm. basic rules of modesty that are, you know, same totally. thing you would do with a guy if he was wearing something gross. Right. I mean, I don't well, know. it's a focus on who you are, not how you look. Right. Yeah. It's like, this yeah. is, be, I mean, if you're living and acting the way God has called you to live and act, yes. that's going to come out. We've talked about this be before on here. Whether. <laughs> Modesty is Whether you dress more an attitude not. before it's anything else. Yeah. Like mo- modesty is an attitude. It's mm-hmm. it's an actual worldview towards what this is or isn't. Yeah. And so if that's established, that does dictate mm-hmm. what you do on the outside. It well, and dictates again, our, how our, you carry yourself and present yourself. If our motive is to 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 honor God with our, you know, we're not our own. We've been mm-hmm. bought with a price. There you go. You yeah. know, we. This isn't. So you don't. This one about you. Like, it's not about you. And yeah. so even on Sunday mornings. If you've got all eyes on you yep. for whatever reason on a yeah. Sunday morning, whether it's the way you're dressed or, the, or whatever you're doing, and you're taking the focus off of Christ, and you're, you're you know that's a stumbling block to yep. other believers. So there's never a point where we yeah. should we should put the yep. focus on us. And we've had that. We have. We, we've had women that have come to our church that have dressed improperly. Yeah. Almost every time they come in, and you, you almost want to go to their husband and, and beat him up. <laughs> out behind the building and be like, why are you loud? Like, why aren't you saying anything to your wife? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> In Jesus' name, of course. In Jesus' name. Give him the, right, the, sake of give him the right hand of fellowship. <laughs> right. And the left. Be 
warm and filled. <laughs> well, but there, but again, there that is that is sometimes the challenge of how do you approach those situations, you yep. know? And because I think there are times when, and I think it goes back to that sort of purity culture is when the, you know women would show up and be dressing a certain way the automatic response is you should stop that but it's like if this is someone who is not a believer in christ that a heart has not been changed by god then yeah all you're doing is heaping guilt on them and they're like what are you talking about it's yeah. like you know he used the illustration of the the two playboy bunnies that went to the Brownsville arrival one of them got saved and they totally yeah. changed their life and they lived and they dressed a different way i mean all those things were changed because sure. at the end of the day it was about the heart yeah like right. the heart had changed and i think it comes back to like you said at the beginning is it is it has to be more of a focus on the heart yes. than it does on all these other sort of outward things that we do tend in the church to focus on yeah. instead of saying this is this is about a heart change this isn't right so you're you're i mean we're at, we're out of time i didn't realize we're already out of time this jumps us to the last one like how does the gospel inform our our purity culture or our purity theology um and i i think you're you're hitting it the go- the gospel is that thing that tra- it's a transforming power from the inside it's not just rules right um uh, it's not. It's not just laws without love. It, it, it yeah. is the love of Christ winning us over, and then being effectual and active inside of our thoughts and the way that we used to do things, and the way that we used to view things, and the way that we used to mm-hmm. the things we used to like, even right. And right. so it's it's an inside out thing that must happen if someone's going to do this, be victorious, and not be frustrated <laughs> all the time, right? Right. Yeah, the minute it becomes an act of worship, as a, as a, as opposed to some a performance thing to get something from God, because mm-hmm. I think that's what we were doing with a lot of this stuff, like perform, do these things, and then you'll get what yeah. you want from God. No, just it's an act of worship to God. I want to please you, Lord, and and I want to, I want to honor you right. with my life. Which takes a heart change to actually believe yeah, that and mean that. Yeah, and yeah. and if that's your mindset, God will reveal to you what what you need to do mm-hmm. and what you should and shouldn't do, and His For Word sure. does as well. And it becomes life giving and not you know this this burden. Yeah, um, yeah, th- like th- that's. Yeah. No, it's just it's become killing the party again. Yeah, right. crashing the party again. Yeah, yeah. It does they don't? I mean, it's like it talks about in the scripture. Those laws, those commands, don't become burdensome. We don't see them as burdens. No, we, it's a joy. It's a joy. Well, to, and that's what I was thinking about. The way. people that I know that have saved, the, you know, themselves for for marriage. I don't know one Christian that regrets that. Yeah, you right. know, and you could say, I mean, it's funny how people talk about how I've got a boring testimony and I didn't have, I didn't go through all so the crap. Rad. Praise God, yep. you didn't go right. through all that garbage. <laughs> yep. You know, and for 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 two people to be able to know that they did that. Yep. I mean, what a cool thing! It doesn't mean that people that didn't do it can't can't be loved right. by God and redeemed and have a wonderful life. They do, mm-hmm. because that's who God is. He's like that. Well, and the not, gospel makes all things new, so it, it speaks to both sides. It yeah. spe- it, you know, the, when that thing is inside of us and it's it's living and it's active and it's it's doing its thing, mm-hmm. uh, for for the pure person, it, it is enough. Yeah, <laughs> and they're satisfied. But even for the person that wasn't always pure, it it. Uh, he makes all things new. He yeah. does. And I, even though I, I regret my past and I, I wish I wouldn't have done those things, I know that I'm beloved in him. I'm forgiven. Yep. I'm valuable. Yep. You know, he, and mm-hmm. so it's like... That's I, not your identity. No, it's not what my identity. Did back so there. so yep. I, I love that, that yep. I have that. But it doesn't mean that I, I, you know, I still wish I wouldn't have done those For things. For sure. Mm-hmm. It would have been better if I hadn't, you know, so... Right. Well, I think it's that idea, you know, that there is there is that perspective that God, God's grace, his love for me does not change based on what I do or don't do. Right, right. You know, that right. it's the same all the time. In, in Christ, yeah. because of Christ, yes. And I think I think being able to understand that yep. helps us even when we sin sexually. Yep. It's like God is, has forgiven me. It's not a reason for me just to keep doing it, right. but he has forgiven me through Christ, and I 
And I trust in that. I accept that forgiveness. I live in that yeah. forgiveness. Yeah, I need to move on and move ahead. And I think yeah. that's the problem, I think, at yeah. times, is we can stay not back moving there. forward. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. And, we can and, sit and lots in of it. other things. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that would be the ones that have all these negative things to say about the purity culture as well. It's no like, doubt. Yeah, but you're staying there. Yep. You're, that's the only lens now through which you see things. And so then you got all these people apologizing for all these things. But like you said, I'm not going to recant of everything no. I did. Because there were some good things that were coming out of that. Yeah, as the, well. the legalism, the yeah. moralism, I, I wish I could undo. Right. But the heart of what this was, was yeah. it's God's word. It's, Purity it's, is awesome. It's, it's, and, it's, and finding yeah. ways, e- even building cultures, practices, um, preventative measures yeah. is biblical and good. Like it's right. just smart. Yeah. So um, there were two uh, things that Piper said, little quotes, that I thought were just really good. Uh, they just happened to both be Piper. Uh, Hope in eternal purity, aim at daily purity. I really like that. So you hope you got gospel. You got you got one that's like, right. oh, this is, this is going to be eradicated, taken care of yeah. one day. You hope for this one, but you you aim here, like you know what I mean. So yeah. as you, as you walk, and then the second one was say yes to hating sin, say no to hating self. I like that one mm-hmm. too because that's what a lot of these people are sitting back there hating self, and that's why they're going, yeah. oh, this was nothing but damaging. And it's like, no, nah, get like move, right. like like move. Like yeah, the get freedom up. in Christ. I mean, man, yes. it's, it's so freeing yeah. to know that. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, for sure. I think it, I think that is the balance of grace and guilt, right? There is guilt when we sin, but I mean, grace so prevalent and and, and overwhelming at times. Like God doesn't, mm. <laughs> you know, He doesn't He doesn't give me what I deserve at times. And then there's times in, when you sin and He just shows on the like amazing great. You're like. I, I think there should be some consequences for this, and, and yeah. there are, but, yeah. man, what I feel from him is overwhelming sense of grace. I forgive no you for that. No, that I, do, that I do some of the things I do sometimes, and, and a lightning bolt does not hit me. Right. It is <laughs> like it's, ama- it's an amazing thing yeah. that he definitely does not give us um, what we truly deserve. Like it went on Christ. The mm-hmm. lightning bolt went on Calvary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. We're done. We got through it. I think we did okay. I think so. I hope so. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. Well, yeah. and it's like you said with any of those things, that's it's taking the biblical principles that God has put there in his word and sure. elevating those over some of the man-made rules and legalism that comes as a result of that. Sure. Yeah, I, I would just invite anybody that's that's heard this and and you know has maybe maybe been hurt by this or maybe um maybe has been made to feel like garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and lost value and, and, you know, whatever the choices they've made or whatever, just talk to us about it or let us pray for you. Or maybe, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk more about it. Cause this is a, it's a bigger subject than I realized. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it really is. Um, but the, the, but the Bible is really clear on it it's really clear on the will of God for us as his kids. Um, praise God for Christ. Um, because we, we will all fall short, but I'll, I'll just read this out just to remind us that this is a, this is a biblical First thing. <laughs> that's, yeah, man, of Sweet. course. <laughs> For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body and holiness and honor. And again, that's where culture is going to be built around it. Like mm-hmm. you can't get away from it. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one tra- transgress or wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but in, in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. And again, this isn't a thing to say like, oh, I got to be, you know, 
perfect in this or else God's going to hate me. That's not what's being said. But it, it does let us know that this is the will of God for our greatest good mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, and the glorification of him. You know, we do this unto him. We live this way unto him. We have this doctrine and we strive to go through each day being pure unto him as an act of worship. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just where everything's going to be um, where it should be as, yeah. uh, as far as, you know, inside of us and relationally and everything else. Anyway, uh, there's a verse. All right, good. Amen. And there's a million of them. We could probably sit here for weeks talking about purity stuff and mm-hmm. words to men and words to women, but we don't need to. So, all right, one of you pray us out of here. I'll pray. Go. Lord, thanks for the privilege just to talk about uh, the things that are going on in our culture and, Lord, the good things about the purity culture and, and just what you have called us to. And we ask that you'd help us to live uh, in your grace, um, and that you would help us to understand the, the guidelines that you've given for us and how we're to live our lives in purity. Uh, Lord, that we would please you in all that we do and all that we say and all that we think and see. And Lord, that you would um, just continue to be at work in us as you always are. We're thankful for your spirit that leads us, that guides us. Uh, help us as we navigate some of these uh, difficult challenges, those that have been wounded by uh, things that have gone on in the past and in the, the culture that they've grown up in, even in the church. And Lord, we ask that you just heal them, that you bring uh, your um, comfort and encouragement to their lives, that they would they would find grace in you, that they would uh, know the gospel and, and believe it and live in it, Lord. And we're just grateful for uh, how the gospel just penetrates these things in different ways and helps us to have a better understanding of who you are and what you've done in our lives. And so, Lord, we just pray that you continue to lead us and guide us as we pastor and and as we um, are fathers and helping our kids to understand how to grow up and live in this culture, uh, that you would give us the wisdom and discernment that we need to do that in grace. Lord, uh, uh, thank you for it and uh, for your forgiveness as well. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jeff, for thank coming you. and Thanks hanging out me. with us, bro. Becoming a regular. <laughs> it's dangerous. Brent, thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. us. If you got questions, send them. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.